Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes. Every day I'll give you insights and encouragement. That's a year in the Bible, available now wherever you get your podcasts. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this and I always know Jesus has the answer he has that next step for you let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you Welcome to Your Next Step, coming to you from the Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. I am Pastor Doug. Pastor Doyle, our lead pastor, is here. Pastor Doyle, I hear faintly uh, the sound of bells, jingle bells. Christmas is coming upon us. Yeah. Beautiful season of snow and decorations and carols and Hallmark movies, if, if you're in yeah. that sort of thing. But a lot of people coming into this season feeling uh, not a whole lot of energy, low Jennifer power. Jennifer wants to put bells on our sheep. <laughs> She wants to I have, watch. She wants to put. Well, they have like a collar. I mean, they wear like a dog collar, okay. but it's 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 on our sheep, just so that when you're working with them, you can grab them. And we have three of them, and and she wants to put bells and bows on them for Christmas. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm afraid they're going to eat the bows. You can put the bell on there, but. So that's kind of funny. So maybe the bells you heard were actually Jennifer. Were the sheep coming and, down and the there. sheep. Yeah. So what do you think what do you think drains you the most about the Christmas season? Oh, money. <laughs> Laying out all the money for yeah. it is one thing. Well, I think that's an emotional stress. Yeah. And 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 you kind of feel like worried about finances and yet um Christmas Christmas is about us celebrating God and his generosity to us, his goodness to us. Mm-hmm. And so we know we need to be generous in that time. So we feel this tension there. And so I think that's that's really powerful. Let's let's talk about just the, what's draining you today on your next step. Today we're starting a new series. It's called Low Power Mode. And we're going to talk about how a lot of us have just felt like we were in low power mode physically, mentally, and spiritually. And we want to talk about how to encourage you and get you out of that. And Jennifer has agreed to assist me in this. So please welcome Jennifer. (laughs) And if you don't know, Jennifer is my wife, okay? And uh, we've been married 31 years, and she's been my girlfriend for even longer. And that's all I'm going to say about that, you know? Uh, So uh, what what we've noticed is this. When we talk to people for a long time now. We ask them how they're doing. They'll say things like, well, I'm just, I'm tired. Or I'm worn out. I'm done. I, I, I'm exhausted. There's a whole series of words that we use right now that just try to describe this low power mode that, that we're kind of uh, living our life in. And so we thought, let's take some time and unpack that. Let's look at the, the whys behind it. But let's also, let's look how we can get energized and encouraged and and ready for life because that's the way God wants us to be. When when I look at the scripture, I find men and women who have had to face unbelievable circumstances, difficult circumstances. It's just part of life, but they've drawn incredible 
incredible strength from God, wisdom from God on how to live life. And that's what we want to try to tap into. One of the, the best biblical examples I know of is David. I mean, David was resisted. David had a lot of reasons to be depressed, discouraged, and down. But he didn't. He was always encouraging himself in the Lord. He looked to God to be his source of strength. And one of those passages in Scripture is from 2 Samuel chapter 22. David shares with us this song, okay? He, he, he writes a song about how God is his deliverance. And see, what we're hoping is this, that over the next three weeks, you're going to get more and more and more freedom and re-energize in order to live life because the, the discouragement will be gone, the downs will be gone, and I want you to listen to what David says. And the reason I say this is because he talks about how his relationship with God impacts his physical body. He says, because of God, I'm okay. Because of that relationship. I mean, it was not easy what David was going through. All right, his father-in-law, think about that, his father-in-law, and I know something about this, my father-in-law lives with me, all right, and I love him, all right, David's father-in-law was trying to kill him, he was attacking him, and, and it's difficult, okay, and so listen to what he says, with your help I can advance against a troop, with my God I can scale a wall, so David says, it doesn't matter if an army is coming after me. It doesn't matter who wants to attack me. I'll take them on. I'm okay. I'm ready. He says, it doesn't matter if I have a, a wall in front of me. I will leap over it. In one of the translations, he says, I leap over the wall. He says, I can bend a bow of bronze. He talks about the strength that God gives his physical body. And that's what we want to talk about today. And Jesus in Luke 21, he says, take heed to yourselves that you aren't involved in carousing. <laughs> I'm not sure what carousing is, but carousing and drunkenness and pray that you would have the strength. Pray for yourself that you would have the strength to be found worthy when the Lord returns. So he actually tells us that we can pray for the strength to do that. I just want to say this. If you're at church... On Sunday morning, you're not carousing, all right? You don't <laughs> you have to live in here. fear of that, okay? But, but this is what we want to do. We want to first, let's start with, you know, what is draining us? What is it right now that, that just everybody feels great, drained? Everybody feels tired. Everybody feels kind of slower, right? That low power mode. Well, I believe it's all connected to what we've been going through globally for the past couple of years, all right? Whenever you and I face a trauma, it drains you, okay? We've made a list here of several things. We've said trauma, skepticism, and isolation will drain you. Let's talk about trauma first. What is trauma? Well, we globally, we were globally told that we needed to be afraid, very, very afraid. And, and part of that was it, it, it pushed us, it strained us. And we did. We, we experienced a trauma. People have lost their jobs. People have uh, had all sorts of, we've lost people in our lives that are very important to us. It, it's changed the way we function. It's created a grief in the way that we live. 
And see, whenever you face a trauma, it can be a, an automobile accident. You can be fired. You're not expecting it. You show up to work and you're let go. It creates a trauma for you. And then someone will ask you, how are you doing? And then you have to share. Well, in the moment you begin to share that experience again, you have to relive the trauma. And so it, 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 it sucks your energy out. Okay. It may feel good to share, but the end of it, you feel drained. Yeah. We just need, it's almost like there's an adrenaline with trauma and we didn't invite it, but it happened. Hmm. And so now we're like this and we have to physically recover and come back up. And that's what God wants us to do today. And that's why we're talking about the physical body today. But next week we're going to talk about the mental and that's a huge part of it. But just today, the body. Yeah, I think also you have to realize that, that fear can be legitimate, but fear can also be illegitimate. And you've got to kind of sort through that. And that leads us to the next one, which is skepticism. So we, we were told certain things that we shouldn't do or should do. I mean, we were told that it was dangerous to be with your family. That didn't feel natural. And, and, and so it created this skepticism within us because now we've gone forward and we've really, we've really realized, okay, that some of the things that we've chosen to do didn't uh, help us physically as much as we had hoped they would. And, and because of that, it's left us in this realm of what I call conflict, okay? Should I believe what this person is telling me? And it's left us with doubts. And whenever you, whenever you face a conflict, this is the problem with conflict, conflict always drains you. Now, I realize that some people handle conflict better than others, okay? Some people are just naturally good with conflict, but it still drains them. Realize that, that you and I have lived, because of this skepticism and all that's going on, it leaves us wiped out and drained. And so you want to manage, you want to manage how you, you, you deal with your traumas. You want to manage your skepticism. Do not let skepticism take over your heart. It'll leave you with a uh, negative perspective on everybody and everything. Be an optimistic person like David. I can leap the wall. I can take on an army. I'm going to be okay. Well, and the next one is isolation. We were isolated, and sometimes you're isolated because of an illness or you're isolated because of being single. There's different reasons why we're isolated, but we actually need a physical touch that's appropriate to heal our physical bodies. We are made to touch. And so those hugs, those high fives, I was thinking about it today when David was singing this morning, you, you're, you may have an achy joint when you raise that hand or clap or you don't feel like it, but something happens when you begin to move your body. Something happens when you hug that person that is healing to the soul. I remember reading years ago, it was a, it was a graduate level uh, class on marriage and relationships. And one of the books I had to read, it, it said that if, if you will hug your wife regularly, she will have to go to the doctor less often. I'm and glad I'm you like, went to seminary for that. That's yeah, good. that's right. But this is what I thought. This is the way Doyle's brain works. It's like, you can save money just by giving your wife a hug regularly. That's right. It's cheap. Because your healthcare costs will go down. And so that's why I'm a huggy person. I just want you to know that. I'm in. It's to make the world a healthier place, especially her, all right? Oh, yeah. That's right. So think about this. Think about this. Do you think that you are drained right now because you keep reliving a trauma, 
or it's because of skepticism or isolation or some kind of fear. And it could keep you from sleeping. Yeah. I think about, sometimes you watch TV and you say, I'm just not tired, so I'm going to stay and keep watching TV until I, I get tired. I'm, I'm not ready for bed yet. But if you'll go ahead and get in bed when you're not tired and open up your Bible and let the last thing that you put inside your eyes and into your heart and on your mind be the Word of God and a prayer, I believe that your sleep will improve. And let me give you another tip, all right? If you'll go out there on the podcast platform and get your next step and listen to that, it'll make you go to sleep. I'm just kidding. If you don't know, that's, that's our podcast, okay? Listen to this, Proverbs 3.24, all right? Proverbs 3.24. It says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. So this is a promise of God. This is not the only place in Scripture where it's promised. Multiple places, God says that if you will come to me, if you will rely on me, if you will trust me, I will give you sleep. So you want to look at your life right now and say, well, am I sleepless because of one of these other things? Or sometimes it actually is where you are in life in terms of a health issue. It's keeping you up at night. But, but do this. When you go to bed, say this, Lord, I thank you that you promise sleep to those that love you. And I'm asking you to help me right now, even though you may have a, a health issue, take away all my fear, take away all my concerns, and give me peace and rest. I want the sweet sleep that you promise in your word. That's my request tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. And that will change your life. I love this quote. It's from a PhD and MD from WebMD. His name is Theodore Friedman. He says, if you aren't getting good sleep, it's hard to eat well and it's hard to exercise. And the same is true the other way around. So, so what this, this PhD MD says to us is this, if, if you don't sleep well, you probably won't eat well, and you probably won't feel good enough to exercise. And if you don't exercise, you probably won't eat well and sleep well. And so you've got to figure out your, your diet. Physically, one of the most important things you can do to feel more energy in life is to eat the right things, to exercise regularly, and to sleep well. And, and most of us have gotten thrown off lately, and, and we just can't afford to do that. Well, my family doctor of over 20 years, she told me once, she said, Jennifer, if you will lift weights and exercise, it lasts a decade. So what you do in your 20s will have hang time for your 30s, what you do in your 50s to your 60s, but imagine in your 70s, that'll last into your 80s. And so there is some benefit to that physical exercise. So don't think about what you did for the past 10 years. Think about what you want to do for the next 10 years. And then aim for that. Begin to, to work towards that goal. It's like drinking water. The more you drink, the more you want. And if you can walk, walk. If you can lift, lift. If you can run, run. I, if I could run, I would run. <laughs> I mean, if you can do it, do it. What are we waiting for? Listen to what, what Paul says to Timothy, all right? This is 1 Timothy Chapter 4, 7, 8, and 9. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life 
and the life to come. This is trustworthy. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. So he, he outlines three things here. He says there's, there's some foolish talk, some godless things that are being presented out there. Don't listen to that. And there's a lot of godless things that are being presented out there. He said, choose a godly way of living. So choose God's way. And yes, some physical exercise is important. See, we, we have a lot of people that will tell you today that, that it's all about the physical exercise. And what I would tell you is it's of some value. So don't quit your gym membership. But, but, but this is my question. I, I have a friend and I, I asked him to do something. I said, hey, can you come with me? I want you to go do this with me. It was, it was something to do with the church and God and stuff. And he said, well, when is it? I told him when. He said, well, I can't do that because that's when I work out. I said, excuse me, um, how often do you work out? He said, well, I do that every day. I said, you, you couldn't just give up one day for God? He said, well, I'd hate to do that. See, there's times when, when we give more emphasis to the physical than we do the spiritual. And, and you, know how, you know how it is. You know how it is. I'm so busy today. I'm so busy, I can't exercise. Or I'm so busy today, I can't pray. No, no. Our priorities need to be set up so that God gets first place in our life, okay? This summer, Jennifer and I, we, we went to Israel with my mom and dad. And, and mom and daddy are now 86 and 85. And I'm so proud of them. I'm so encouraged by them whenever I'm with them because they have so much energy, so much focus, so much love for God, Okay. We're in Israel. We're walking around Israel, and, and my dad is like, I want to do this, and I want to do that. And, and one day, he's like, he's 20 yards in front of me. I'm like, hey, Dad, maybe you could slow down just a little bit. If you talk to my mom, she'll tell you, I want to get my three miles in today. And they'll talk about that. But if you were to go tomorrow and, 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 and stay with them, they would be up first thing in the morning for their prayer time. So they have this balance of, of putting God and the habit of God and the routine of God. And what I want you to understand is this. Godly training has the greatest value. Yes. And physical training is important. But your godly training will have an impact on your physical body. Because your godly training will teach you where to go with your body, what to do with your body, and how to use your body in a godly way. All right? Did you have something else? Well, a choice has to be made. You have to determine what your spiritual practices and habits are going to be and what your physical habits. I think we have to ask God for real wisdom. We're going to talk about fasting. I see that there's feasting in the Bible and there's fasting in the Bible. And we have to ask God for the, the help. We have to say, God, we need help. I think a great little prayer that you could pray every day is, God, I submit my body to you. Yes. And ask him for that wisdom because sometimes it's okay. I can eat a good piece of chocolate with the best of them, but it should probably be during times of feasting. If we every single day do something that's not the healthiest for us, maybe that's not God's best. But on the other hand, we also, we want to be uh, able to celebrate with one another. One of the prayers that we've prayed for years is, Lord, I thank you that my body is yours and that you are for my body. Mm -hmm. So that means that, my God, my body is yours, but also 
You are the one that helps my body be healthy and strong. Listen to this. This is from 1 Corinthians. Now, let me, let me set you for the context, okay? In 1 Corinthians, Paul is talking to the church, and some of them have begun to back off on God's standard for sexuality. And they've started getting involved in sexual relationships outside the confines of marriage. Hmm. Ever heard of a generation doing that? And, 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 and he, in the midst of that conversation about your sexuality should be under God's lordship, not under your own pleasure, your own desire, he begins to talk about our bodies. This is what he says, beginning in verse 19, chapter 6. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So he says, look at your body as though it's a temple for God. See your body as dedicated, set apart for worshiping God, not for your own pleasure. Will you trust God's way? For me, this is a memorable verse. This should be a verse that you memorize. It encompasses so many things. One of the areas that we struggle with is that we feel guilty because of the way we've treated our body or the way others have treated our body. And sometimes we hate our actual body because we have this self-hate because there's been sexual abuse that has happened against your body or physical harm has come against your body that you did not welcome. And so it's kind of hard to love and care for your body. But I want you to know that God, he knit you, he formed you, he created you, you are his baby. He knew you before you were one day old. And he said, you are precious and beautiful. And your physical body is really precious and valuable to him. And sometimes we've harmed it or others have harmed it. And we have to heal from that. But God is bigger and he's a healer. He's a deliverer. You know, in First Kings at Mount Carmel with Elijah, those that were worshiping Baal, they were cutting. Sound familiar? They were harming their own body. What about addiction? I was with a, a leader in our church. We were in my office praying just about 10 days ago. And I said, what are the strongholds of the west side of Columbus? And she said, it's addiction. Addiction has touched every family. She said, I've lived here my whole life. And we prayed about that. And I just want to encourage you today that if something, if you've harmed your body or someone has harmed your body, that we serve a huge God. And he is so much bigger and he will set you free. He will heal you. He will deliver you. And I have faith for that. I have seen people that were smoking, literally prayed and boom, they were set free. Sometimes he instantly delivers you. And other times he gives you that strength day by day by day by day to be free. And he's a healer. Honor God with your body. And you know, it's important who you sleep with. It should be in the holiest state of matrimony between a man and a woman right. in your marriage. And that's very important. And God doesn't, God doesn't challenge us in that way so that we would be bummed out or disappointed or sad. No, he's trying to protect you. And it's actually physically healthy for your body. So we can trust his ways. This is Pastor Doyle Jackson for The Church Next Door. Reading the Bible is important. It's something that every Christian should do. It will transform your life. It'll help you grow spiritually. It is good for you. 
Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes every day. We'll give you insights and we'll encourage you. So read the Bible with me and join me daily. That's a year in the Bible available now wherever you get your podcasts. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. Now is a great time for us just to stop and pray. You know, we've been thinking about God and His Word, but it's it's no good if we don't apply it. So let's take a moment and let's pray. I know for me that I think about my food every day because I'm hungry. So let's take some time and pray for our farmers and the producers of our food and all our supplies. Lord, I know you have a heart for farmers because you taught about the wheat and the grapevines, and you talked about going out and plowing and sowing and reaping. So God, you have a heart for the farmer. Jesus, you even said that the father is like the vine tender. So in, in some way, Jesus, you compared the father to a farmer. So today we're asking you to bless the farmers. God, I thank you for Angus Buchan. He's a farmer that I love and an evangelist. May the farmers be evangelists in our nation. May they stand up. And and Lord, we are praying that you will help them to produce well, that their fields would be fruitful, that their animals would be fruitful, that the things they lay their hands on would be blessed. Because God, when you bless the farmer, our grocery store is full, that we have food to eat when we live in a neighborhood. God, most of us don't even know how it gets there anymore. And God, we want to declare, we know that you are the one that causes the earth to bear fruit, that you are the one that gives us every life within every womb, whether it be a human being or a sheep or a cow or a goat. Lord, you are the giver of life. And we're asking you today to cause life to to go forth. Lord, you commanded it in the garden and we're we're still in charge of life. And so, Lord, the, the farmers are on the front lines of our spiritual condition and our relationship with you. And so we're praying for there to be a revival among the farmers, that they would seek you and trust you for their produce and trust you for your life. And we come before you, not because we're worthy, but because Jesus told us to pray, to ask to seek and to knock. And we're asking you to cause the farmers to be blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you for praying with me. You know, as a pastor, as as your pastor, I want you to know one of the most powerful things you can do and I can do is pray together. And I'd like for you to begin to join me in prayer every day. And so we've created a free prayer guide, but you have to go to our website, yournextstepnow.com, Give us your email address and you can download the ebook. It's for you, but it's also to begin to grow in prayer. It's the best thing that'll ever happen to you. Go to yournextstepnow.com and give us your email address and get your prayer guide today. Your Next Step is a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued. But to financially support the ministry, visit thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. That's thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. Of course, we'll be glad to send you a gift of thanks in return. For more resources to guide and grow your faith, you can visit doylejackson.com. That's D-O-Y-L-E jackson.com. If you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888 888- 
644-4034. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time for Your Next Step.